Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is Darren Durko. I'm the Deputy Chief of the Eminent Police Services Community Policing Bureau. And I'd like to welcome all the community members in attendance, specifically those from our business community in Chinatown, and the various members of our Edmonton Public Safety and Community Response Task Force. I'd also like to extend a special thanks to Minister Ellis and the Ministry of Public Safety and Emergency Services for bringing us here today. In a moment, you'll hear about the details and impact of today's task force announcement. But first, I want to say a few short words as a chain of command for the EPS officers working in crime suppression and on our multi-agency community safety teams in Edmonton and the core and surrounding communities. There's been a great deal of work that's already been started by our officers and their partners. Every day I get to hear and see the good work that they are doing to improve public safety. Today we come together as a demonstration of how that work can be bolstered. Community safety is a joint effort. Our formal program includes remarks from Minister Mike Ellis, Chief Dale McPhee of the Eminent Police Service, Cheek Farouk Sheikh of the Alberta Sheriff's Council Sarah Hamilton, and Tony of the Chinese Benevolent Association. Once the remarks have been finished, speakers will take questions from the media. To begin, please welcome the Honourable Mike Ellis, Minister for Public Safety and Emergency Services, to the podium. Thank you, Deputy. Thank you. Well, thank you, Deputy. Um, thank you. Thank you, uh, community members, uh, task force members, um, all representatives that are here today. So good afternoon, everyone. When the provincial government announced the Edmonton Task Force, I made it uh, very clear that action must be taken immediately. Today, I'm proud to share that we are doing just that. In partnership with the Edmonton Police Service, Alberta sheriffs are being redeployed to the downtown streets and keeping Edmontonians safe. As partners, EPS and the sheriffs will patrol inner city neighborhoods so communities can feel safe, regardless of where they are or what time of day it is. This pilot project is in direct response to the countless concerns and issues that we have heard and seen in Edmonton. In downtown Edmonton, the issues are clear. Crime, homelessness, addictions, mental health are problems seen on every corner. As a result, businesses are leaving and people are leaving. Just last Thursday, SportsCheck announced that it would be closing its doors at Edmonton City Centre due to the, quote, significant safety issues, unquote. The general manager of City Centre Mall, Sean Kirk, has noted that over 40 businesses have closed in the mall since March of 2020. The Downtown Recovery Coalition has referenced similar numbers and urged government to take action with increased and improved patrols. This pilot project builds on the dedicated patrols that EPS announced last fall, an initiative that addresses crime and social disorder in key neighborhoods in Edmonton's inner city. By working off the solid start of EPS, this pilot project allows the concerns of Edmontonians to be addressed immediately as officers will be on the ground and ready to respond. At its most basic, these kinds of patrols can mean that there's faster response when there's an urgent call nearby and we're taking this proactive step as Alberta's government. By establishing a more visible presence with more boots on the ground, we can deter crime and make Albertans who live, work, and visit these communities feel safe. 
with the help of Alberta Sheriff's EPS, can run these patrols seven days a week and cover a larger geographic area. A larger area may include specific LRT locations, uh, the Pedway system, and other areas of high crime and social disorder. However, I will leave those operation specifics to Chief McPhee and, of course, uh, Chief Shake. Since I was sworn in as Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services, I've talked openly and often about the paradigm shift that must occur in policing. No longer will police serve as and be utilized as an arm of the state. Rather, they must be an extension of the communities that they serve, and this is an example of that. Albertans must remember that police are not forces, but rather services that respond to the needs of the citizens that they serve. This pilot project is a great first step and will be an opportunity to engage with Edmontonians and the broader Alberta public. Officers will hear concerns, help those in crisis, and respond to calls. That is our duty as government, to ensure our people are safe, and that is what we will do. I think that we're talking about public safety it's relevant to mention the negative impact that crime and social disorder can have on local businesses. Neighborhoods like Chinatown and Alberta Avenue are full of businesses owned by Edmontonians. Crimes that hurt those businesses, like theft or vandalism, hurt people who work in the area and provide for their families. When small businesses close, people connected to that business lose livelihoods and jobs and you know, quite often there is an extension of the community. When businesses move away and people stay away, it creates an environment for crime to move in. And that makes the neighborhood less safe for the people who live there. This community, such as the Chinatown community, is deeply passionate for the vulnerable population. They often are the first ones that are trying to help. They're the first ones that call for service to get folks who are vulnerable to help that they need. So when we're talking about making communities safer for people, it also means ensuring that there are kinds of places where businesses want to stay or come set up shop. That's one reason why last week the provincial government announced $4 million investment in projects aimed to make Edmonton's downtown a more welcoming place where businesses and communities can thrive. Improving public safety also means helping people break the cycle of addiction, which is why the provincial government has funded more than 8,000 treatment spaces since 2019. As the minister responsible for preserving public safety, I have to respond, and this pilot project is the start of that response. So today's action is about rights. Vulnerable populations have rights to have access to supports that they need to break the cycle of recidivism. But Edmontonians have rights as well. They have the right to feel safe in their downtown. No one should feel scared or afraid when they go out at night. No child should be frightened to wait for the bus or to go to school. And no one should worry about going downtown in Edmonton. That's unacceptable, and that's why we're here today. We're going to fix this. We're going to restore confidence in the best place to work and play, Alberta. The pilot project that we're announcing today is one step to address these complex problems and is part of a broader strategy that we're developing with our partners. It's a promising step towards a safer Edmonton. And with that, I'd like to hand the podium to Chief McPhee. Thank you.
Thank you, Minister Ellison. First and foremost, I just too, as uh, Deputy Durko said, I'd like to recognize the, the men and women of the Edmonton Police Service, our partner communities with the city <clears throat> and other agencies that have worked diligently to obviously restore some of the safety back into some of these areas that are seeing more than their share of troubles. And I also want to welcome our guests from the Chinese community who have been partners for us since the inception. And that means a lot. I can't, words can't express that. I begin expressing my sincerest thanks to Mr. Ellis, the government, member of the task force, many of them are which here today that I don't see. I see uh, Joseph Tilney, the fire chief, EMS chief, Graham McAllister sends his uh, regrets as well, as well as city manager, Andre Corbold. But this truly is a joint effort where the sum of the parts are greater than the individual parts. I want to really thank Chief Sheikh. Uh, Farouk obviously is a valued member of AACP, and by the extension, uh, his help is an extension of help to Edmontonians. Our downtown core, Chinatown, and surrounding communities have felt the immense strain of a disproportionate growth in crime. Residents, business owners, service providers, and those visiting or working in the core are losing hope, as the minister said. Many of those who are here today don't need to hear the statistics to validate their everyday experiences because they live it every day. But the numbers are telling. Our downtown crime rate has escalated beyond pre-COVID levels. 2022 alone, violent crime incidents in the area were up 10% compared to 2021, which is disproportionate across the city. We know, it's long been grounded in evidence, that police visibility is a known crime deterrent. In areas where crime is overrepresented, having a uniform presence with designated authority can greatly mitigate the disorder and violence that so negatively disrupts the community. Simply seeing an officer and having marked impact on criminal activity and on the feelings and perception of safety within the community. It can also go a long way in building relationships and engaging community members something we know Edmontonians want to see more of, regardless of what others might think. However, despite their best efforts, our EPS officers and our current resources can only be in so many places at one time. That's why today's announcement is a welcome one. The addition of 12 Alberta sheriffs for this pilot project will help scale up focused coverage in the downtown core Chinatown and along Kingsway Avenue and expand our work into surrounding communities. Through the Healthy Streets Operations Center, EPS relocated several of our officers to partner with City Bylaw, Fire, and EMS in an integrated community safety project. Currently, these community safety teams provide coverage five days a week. With the addition of the sheriffs, we will now be able to extend to seven days a week, 20 hours a day, and begin serving more communities. Sheriffs will be placed on teams of EPS members, complementing the good work already done by Healthy Streets community safety teams by creating two more teams. With their expertise and authorities, we will collectively extend our reach in addressing the root of crime and disorder, something that our community partners are also an integral part of. The teams will be closely connected to our EPS help unit to divert individuals where appropriate from the justice system toward need social services. Or as we say at EPS, balance support and enforcement. But those that choose to obviously hurt people in our community will be accountable with the justice system. 
I am encouraged to see the task force make a tangible step in tackling gaps in community safety. We have all the right players at the table, and it's my hope that this is the first of many actions for this group will take. Today is an example of what we can achieve when we work together toward a common goal. Though this announcement deals primarily with policing, we are all part of a much longer network that's ultimately responsible for health, vibrancy, and livability of our city. Make no mistake, you can't have well-being without safety. All Edmontonians deserve to feel safe. We believe and we are optimistic that this is the first of several announcements and you'll see some adjustments coming in the coming weeks from Edmonton Police Service with some of our partners and a strong part in partnership with the province of other things that we need to take and change within this area to restore the livelihood of our business community, the people that frequent our downtown, our entertainment district, among many others. So, Farouk, again, I just want to personally thank you. It was only a matter of one letter and one call to Farouk, and he says, we're in. Geez, I wish everything was that easy. Um, but we really appreciate what you provide and what you bring to the table, and it shows what a great colleague that you are, and I'd just like to turn it over to you for a few words. Thank you. Thank you, Chief McPhee. Thank you, Minister. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome. As a Chief, I'm so happy and proud that my officers are given this opportunity to work with other law enforcement agencies, in particular with Edmonton Police Service. Our sheriffs, like others in other agencies, chose a career in law enforcement because they want to protect and serve our communities. My staff do this every day all across the province in various roles they perform, whether that's safer communities' neighbourhood teams, commercial vehicle and traffic enforcement on our highways, conservation law enforcement, or protecting staff and visitors at the legislative grounds and all the courts across this great province. The setting may be different in this case, but the mission's the same, keeping Albertans safe. It's our intention that the Alberta Sheriffs will provide a reassuring and visible presence in the inner city over the oncoming weeks. From the perspective of the organisation, from all my leaders, from all my staff, this is a great opportunity for our members to work in collaboration with other law enforcement agencies whilst developing new learning, new skills and new problems, or sorry, new solutions to problem solving and community engagement. The 12 members taking part have all volunteered for this project and what they will take and what they will learn, they'll bring it back to the Sheriff's Branch and cascade their knowledge to others so we become greater and more knowledgeable. The Alberta Sheriffs embrace this opportunity um, to work with EPS and we look forward to this great partnership that we've already formed. We hope that our presence and public engagement will make a positive difference to the lives of people who live, work and visit this great city of Edmonton. Thank you all, and I would like, now like to invite a member of the Edmonton Public Safety and Community Response Task Force, City Councillor Sarah Hamilton, to say a few words. Thank you, Chief, um, and thank you, Minister Ellis and Chief McPhee, um, for, for your words today. 
Um, I also want to acknowledge that we're joined by uh, two members of Edmonton City Council as well, Councillor uh, Ann Stevenson and Councillor Tim Cartmel, um, and, and both, uh, uh, as well as many other of our colleagues, have made community safety and well-being a priority. But I'm speaking you, to you today as a member of the task force. Um, we've heard from stakeholders over the last few months uh, about the issues of perceptions of safety and social disorder that people in our community are experiencing. And this mirrors, I think, what has been reported in the media and through social media um, for the past few months, if not, frankly, a few years now. It's stories of business owners walking away from their dream of owning and operating their own business in their community. Stories like an elderly couple losing their lifelong home after a fire was intentionally set to it, and hearing the devastation in their voices after losing community member after community member. Aside from the challenge of dealing with disorder, they are also tired of watching vulnerable people in our community go without proper support. So the request from our community today, amongst others, is to see more law enforcement presence on the streets. The addition of 12 sheriffs will be a much-needed support to the street teams already operating out of the Healthy Streets Operations Center. As workforces are largely returning to the downtown, this has been identified as a key barrier to getting staff to come back to work, to attracting new retail businesses, and attracting people to live in the core, all of which are essential to having a healthy and vibrant city. This pilot... Um, the addition of the sheriffs within the current street teams has a twofold advantage, um, the way I see it. It allows the current staffing resources to go further, and it tests the model before the city and the province make long-term investments in staffing complements and recruitment. Over the next few months, we'll all be watching the outcomes very closely. While we continue to need upstream interventions to ensure community wellness doesn't default to first responders, this is an important first piece in turning the health and safety outcomes in our communities around. Council has identified these issues and understands that the barrier to economic growth in our city stems from not having enough supports in place for people affected by mental health and addictions issues. It's why uh, my colleagues on council and I have dedicated a significant amount of resources to public safety, housing, and community wellness, and will continue to do so. Thank you. Sure, you guys want to come up? It's okay. Come on, Tony. Bring the community members with you if you like. Come on, man. Sure, you. Yeah. Hi, I'm. Um, this year, I'm the new um, co-chair of uh, the Business Area Association of Chinatown. And um, I want to thank um, Councillor Edmonton. And uh, thank you for having us to come up here to speak a few words on behalf of Chinatown and all its community members. Um, in, uh, in, in the past year, Chinatown has suffered numerous and unprecedented <coughs> uh, safety issue in our community. Uh, we have suffered from millions of dollars worth of property damages. We have lots of businesses. We have uh, 
lost uh, our personal safety aspect of everything, and including uh, life itself. So um, with this action by the province and the uh, police, the city, um, the police, <clears throat> sorry, Edmonton Police Service of uh, Edmonton, I would like to thank you uh, because without action, there will be no moving forward. Um, in this case, I want to thank the uh, province of Alberta and uh, to contribute to the um, to this this task and uh, including uh, including with the safety uh, the safety street initiative uh, that would actually bring a lot of uh, hope and safety into our community. I want to thank you. Um, anything else? Yeah, I'm done. Oh, um, yeah, giving back to Chief Durko. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. That concludes our formal program. And on behalf of the EPS, I appreciate everyone who has taken the time to be with us today. Dean, you're going to moderate some questions? Thank you, Deputy Chief Durko. We're now going to go to the media question and answers. We're having some technical difficulties with the microphone in the room, so I ask media to please raise your hand and then step forward up to the microphone over here. We're going to be taking one question, one follow-up per outlet that we can get to. So we're going to be going to questions in the room first. So is there any media that has questions here? We'll get safe up here. Safe. Good afternoon. My question for Minister Ellis. Uh, Minister, just uh, while I ask you, obviously, just look forward, pretend mm -hmm. I'm not here, uh, just so people don't get a side shot of you. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm just wondering, why, why are we starting here with 12 officers? Is that going to be enough to help really curb anything? Uh, understandably, it is a pilot project, but yeah. um, why aren't we starting with more officers? Well, I'll, I'll let the two chiefs maybe answer that question. I mean, I'll just speak from my background in, in law enforcement. And sometimes we just need to get back to the basics. And the basics are really the boots on the ground, right? Providing that officer presence. You know, the feedback that we were getting from businesses, the feedback that we were getting from uh, community members, such as the wonderful folks from the Chinatown community, is we want to see uh, the presence. That is what is going to make us feel safe. And so, uh, but regarding the, the operational component of that, maybe I'll pass it to Chief McPhee. Just, just from an operational component, so 12, in fairness to the government, is exactly what we asked for. That work was done with uh, Deputy Chief Durko, Superintendent McIntyre, Inspector Kemp from our Bureau, working with our other partners. And it's basically premised on what would it take to add two more teams to give us almost close to 24-7 coverage this was the model that made the most sense. The two that are currently in existence won't be changed, and this now obviously allows us over a three-month period to do a comparative analysis on just having the sheriffs there, what difference that actually makes. So um, that was a request that the government, uh, we didn't ask for more than 12 at this current pace because we also have to put resources in there too. So we've had to go and find more resources to actually um, top this up. So it, it basically was based on a shifting model. Thank you, Minister, and thank you, Chief. Safe, do you have a follow-up? 
Thanks. Uh, follow up for Mr. Ellis. Uh, you know, I understand there's another task force in uh, Calgary there. I'm wondering why we're not seeing a similar pilot project uh, project happening there, and if you can give us some sort of time frame of when we can see um, something there that also helps curb the uh, increase in downtown crimes. So, thank you. Uh, we have seen um, and heard, should I say, similar concerns from community members, from um, uh, businesses as well in the, the Calgary area. Um, you know, I think there's, we're working very closely with um, all the stakeholders in Calgary. Um, I will just say this, that, uh, you know, we will be taking action in Calgary as well. And, um, but we're going to be working, uh, just as we did here, working with the community to do whatever it is in the best interest of the, the folks in Calgary. Thanks. Thank you, Minister. We're going to go to the next question in the room. I'm going to go to this reporter here. If you could please identify your name and which outlet you're from. Hi, it's uh, Jeremy Thompson with CTV Edmonton. Uh, question, I, I probably for Chief McPhee. Um, just you, you, the um, Healthy Streets Operations Center has been mentioned a few times in this. What is what is the status of that of that facility? Has there been a location chosen for that, or or like how, what's the status of that, and how does that play into sort of this this? Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Superintendent Derek McIntyre. I'm the Superintendent of Charge of Crime Suppression Investigation Division, within which the Healthy Streets Operational Center is being operationalized. To date, the Healthy Streets Operations Center, as far as a bricks-and-mortar facility, is in conjunction and partnership with the City of Edmonton. It is currently, we are deploying our members out of Century Place uh, in the downtown core, mere steps from, from the Chinatown community. The City of Edmonton uh, real estate area along with all of the other stakeholders involved. We are still evaluating other space, which is in the downtown community, and a venue uh, for the Healthy Streets Operational Center will be identified and operationalized within 2023. Thank you. And Jeremy, do you have a follow-up? I do. <clears throat> Thank you. And uh, again, this one I, I think is for, for Chief McPhee, but uh, maybe stay up there just in case. Uh, just wondering, um, you mentioned sort of the, the EPS help teams in this. Uh, I imagine a number of folks might see this announcement and, and say, you know, this seems like law enforcement where social services might might be better served. Um, so what can you say about that? Yeah, well, I think I clearly stated, and you and I have talked about it before, Jeremy, you can't have well-being without safety. And a lot of the issues that we've heard in the task force and three other, two other, ta three other task force that I was on is there's a huge addictions issue to this. And with addictions, this particular meth comes violence. And when you actually put teams together, you actually solve the problem. And that's what HELP really stands for. We're also working on that as part of the task force on how we expand that coverage, including our PAC teams, and we're hoping to get some announcements in that clearly as well. But I, I think we also got to be clear when you're listening to the folks at Chinatown, this isn't just a homeless problem. Matter of fact, there's a serious crime problem and a violence problem, and it's not always the homelessness or homeless people that are creating this. And I guess my answer to that is, you and I have talked before, housing alone is not going to solve this problem. This actually needs presence. It needs the ability to put the right system at the right time on first contact. If somebody is hurting somebody, particularly, let's go, we just had a couple stabbings and a shooting. That's probably not something that a house is going to solve. Now, I'm not saying housing isn't important. Don't take that wrong. But we have a whole lot of other components that we've heard on these task force 
And Chinatown has been calling for this for years, that we need presence, that we need to actually adjust what we do in relation to this. So this is about trying some new things to get results, and we need all of those things. Thank you, Chief McPhee. We're going to go to the next question in the room. If you could please say your name and which outlet you're with. Uh, Arthur Green, uh, Western Standard. This question is for uh, Chief McPhee. Um, we spoke about two months ago when you announced the task force and you said open-air drug use uh, was not permitted in Edmonton or the downtown core, of course, and it still continues. Uh, I just wonder, will officers or armed officers be riding the LRT trains and transit buses uh, to deter the open-air drug use that is occurring? So just to go back to that task force, what I said is we shouldn't be allowing it, but I also said that we need a place to take people to. And part of this task force is that we're working on those spaces where we actually can deal with that. In relation to transit, there's a separate thing, and our transit peace officers and certainly are, are handling that. We go there when called. This is separate from that. Uh, but do I still think that we need a plan as outlined in the community? It's been told us in the task force by many, many times, by many of the task force, do we need to get to no uh, open-air drug use? You bet we do. But you have to have a place in a system where you can actually take the people that's not just uh, the justice system. So, for instance, we know of somebody's uh, open-air drug use and they're hurting somebody, a serious violent assault, as we got a high number of aggravated assaults in this number, we know the justice system. If it's just somebody that's dealt with an addictions issue and they're using fentanyl, perhaps it's a ride to some of these uh, safe consumption sites for, for services and, and uh, intervention. But if it's somebody that's potentially a danger to themselves or others, uh, but they haven't committed a criminal offense, we also need that, and that currently doesn't exist. But that's what we're working on with the province. Once you get infrastructure in place to be able to do that, then it becomes a lot easier to be successful. I'm going to be very, very honest with you. It, there's a lot of hopelessness by everybody, not only just the community, but the officers, because the only solution that we currently have right now is to move people down the block. It's not working. So this is basically starting to look at that from a systems approach and not one-dimensional approach that uh, a lot of things are at current. Thank you, Chief. And Arthur, do you have a follow-up? I do. Um, you said it's separate, the, the force from the LRT, but yet um, we still see gang members uh, prevalent in the LRT system preying on vulnerable people selling drugs. Uh, what can you tell the people of Edmonton that's going to happen in the next week to deal with these dealers? Well, part of this whole task force here, because the LRT is also above ground, what I can say right now is the TPOs are in charge of the LRT, and that's been the decision, uh, not by us, but by others, which is the way it is right now. And certainly, we're going to respond to their calls for service. We always do in uh, um, violence, and et cetera. And part of this is also of this committee is you know, starting to get into the tunnels as well, because the tunnels are certainly obviously one of those things where people congregate and sometimes not good things happen. So we'll continue to work on that. And what I said by separate, it's just a separate entity. They're all still doing work. And if called because there's violence escalating and that's the closest individual to the call, of course, they're going to go into the LRT. But this has got the proactive piece and the reactive based on data, based on where our uh, increased levels of violence are to build out a strategy. And as I also said, in the coming weeks, we'll be adding more pieces to this. It's just trying to 
we're running uh, short on resources to pull people from to address some of these things, but we're continuing to evaluate that with statistics and monitor. And as a result, and you heard from Superintendent McIntyre and Deputy Chief Durkle, this is something we take very serious. Uh, but it's not just us, uh, but we need to have presence. And that's what we've been saying here for a couple of years. Thank you, Chief. We're going to go to the phone lines to answer some questions from media that are on the phone. Operator, can you put through the first caller? And for the first caller, can you please identify your name and which outlet you're from? Thank you. It's Alana Smith, Globe and Mail. Please go ahead. Hi there. Thanks for taking my question. Uh, my first one, I just want to be clear. So are these 12 sheriffs being redeployed from other areas? And then if so, how will that impact the affected community? Hello, uh, I'll answer that as the Chief of the Sheriffs. Um, we, we are redirecting the sheriffs from other areas, but we're making sure we've got resilience to still cover those areas. So we're not going to be neglecting those areas where the sheriffs are moving. I'm in a fortunate position that we have quite a lot of sheriffs all around the Alberta and the province, and I'm just redirecting some, but still providing the resilience to the areas where they're coming from. Thank you. And do you have a follow-up, Alana? I do, yes. My follow-up is for Minister Ellis. Um, critics have said increasing policing is really just a Band-Aid solution to address issues of homelessness, substance use disorder, and, you know, significant mental health struggles, and to further criminalize vulnerable people. So I'm wondering if you can explain and be really specific about how these increased policing measures will address these kind of root issues. Well, this I, I've said this for many years now. This is a very, very complex problem with no one single silver bullet solution in order to... Uh, fix this complex problem. The communities, the businesses have been very, very clear to us in Edmonton that they don't feel safe. An officer presence is one component of that. Nobody is saying, nobody is suggesting that we're um, arresting vulnerable people and people with addictions. That's why this government has gone down the path of a recovery-oriented system of care, the first of its kind in North America. This is why we invested enormous amount of money into 8,000 spaces. This is why we uh, eliminated all user fees, that we have the uh, award-winning virtual opioid dependency program, that we have the digital overdose response system. We are creating a system of care, a system of care that allows a vulnerable person who is in the depths of their uh, their their addiction to uh, have hope. And, and quite frankly, these law enforcement officers can be a conduit in order to help those individuals on a pathway into wellness. So they start into the system, they're on a journey, and then they exit the system in a better place from which they started. This is the first of its kind. Alberta should really be uh, applauded for creating a system. There's no other system. In fact, I will just say this. There are other jurisdictions in Canada. There are other jurisdictions outside of Canada that have been looking at what Alberta is doing and wanting to copy what Alberta has been doing. Thank you, Minister. Operator, can you put through the next caller? Thank you. There are no additional callers in the queue on the phone line. Thank you, Operator. And with that, that concludes the formal question and answer period and uh, brings an end to the event today. Thank you.